0: That's right, you're listening to the Rye, Bread, and Mustard Mariners Podcast. An alternative underground fan dive bar podcast. Brought to you by Ob City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye, Bread, and Mustard Podcast, Myron Sumner. Hey. Happy opening day. If you're listening to this, I'm doing the intro at the time of after the Mariners' first game, the rescheduled first game, and they uh, hung on there by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. Chin. I'm sure that uh, slogan is trademarked, but I'm going to use it. Uh, it was a close game, 2-1. to one. Robbie Ray looked uh, very impressive. Anyways, uh, today's uh, episode is... One is, um, you know, going to focus on coming out of spring training. I actually was down at spring training for the last week of spring training. I spent four nights, five days down there in the uh, Phoenix, Peoria area. It was a lot of fun. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about like, you know, what the opening day roster is looking like. What are surprises uh, that made the roster? The surprises that we thought uh, were going to make it that didn't we also going to cover, uh, you know, the people we're excited about seeing at the plate. And, of course, I always want to go back and do some, like, Mariner's history. We're digging back right now on things that I don't know about or... Uh, my co-host for this episode, Hanson from Edmonds, Chris Hanson, Hanno, doesn't know about. Like, we're pretty familiar with the, like, very late 80s and, of course, the 90s run with Griffey, Edgar, you know, the 95 slide. Probably not going to cover too much of that on here. We're going to go back and we're going to educate ourselves. We're talking about Lenny Randall today. Lenny Randall, you guys might know him as the guy who blew the uh, slow dribbler, Um that was going down the third baseline foul, which is usually on all the uh, blooper reels. Uh, when you go to the stadiums and <laughs> watch games, you'll kind of see that. We're going to cover that, and then we're going to make like our predictions. Um, you know, that's kind of how the episode's going to go. So, and in that order. So, if you don't like something, move forward. Also, we're available now on um, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Spotify and of course we're running through the platform of Buzzsprout uh, so go check our website out there and it'll have the other directories um, that you can find where you get this podcast and hopefully we'll be up very very soon on iTunes and or Apple podcast whatever they call it now and uh, Google anyways sit back relax and enjoy episode one of rye bread mustard mariners podcast I'm sweating. Hold on, it's like ninety f- fucking. It's like ninety. No, it's like eighty-five right now down here at night. Still, and I did the. Oh, stupid for you. I did the for you. I did the stupid shit and took a shower though before. <laughs> I don't know why I'm boy, I don't know why I'm showering before a podcast. I mean, this is the <laughs> this is the forum. I mean, this is the this is the platform. You could be as nasty as you want to be.
1: Um, feel, better, feel better talk better there you go there you go so Things, but
0: i don't know it's 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 spring trainings just ended i just got back from uh the phoenix area i was out there for five days i saw seven baseball games uh i ate a lot of uh ballpark dogs drank a lot of bud light seltzers i'm paying for it in my body and I probably in my bank account. I'm scared to even go look at it. Baseball's back and so are the high prices.
1: <laughs> and the gas to get around, huh? Oh
0: man, just getting out there. Picked my cousin up here in the Los Angeles area we drove out there and let me tell you, I did not plan the gas out very well. Both times I stopped trying to play the market, I burnt myself pretty bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think What I mean, was it around five bucks?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. We're talking in the high sixes. And if you have to use premium gas, the uh, one I saw right before Blythe uh, was 888.
1: So about spring training, you saw seven games down there. Uh, how many, most of them Mariners? I know you caught a couple extra teams as well, but you, what did you see about five, six Mariner games?
0: Yeah, I saw about five Mariner games and two non-Mariner games. I saw the... Uh, the Dodgers uh play the Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, and I saw Oh, and I saw the Oakland A's and Chicago White Sox in just extreme heat. That was a that was a bad game. But all the rest of the games were pretty good and all of the Mariners games were fantastic. I think I picked the perfect like uh, circle of games to go to. I got very, very lucky. Obviously it was down there for for Julio Mania, which you know is a real thing, it is real, brother. He's eating his vitamins. He's saying his prayers.
1: Yeah, this is about the first time that the Mariners have had a true homegrown guy, probably since A. Rod, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, the last big person we had that everybody had this hype over was Dustin Ackley, and we all know what happened there. Um, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's let's. Uh, Yes, this is a for an offensive force. This is you know the biggest thing that we've probably had down there or hype since Griffey and A Rod. I know you know the age we're living in with social media and the YouTube and all of that. Uh, you know he's going to garner some attention, probably easier than other players that were coming up that were really good. He's already got the J Rod show. I mean he conducts himself. Uh, you know, like somebody that's already been in the major leagues. I mean, the size of him is good. His swag and his walk is good. I'd seen very up close from uh, like four of the games I sat in the uh, on deck circle of the Mariners. So, I mean, <laughs> if he farted, I would have smelled it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which he didn't. He did not fart. Leo Rodriguez did not fart, guys. You know, he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman at a young age. He's a gentleman. You know, what's crazy about Julio Rodriguez is he was born after the kingdom imploded. So just put that into
1: perspective. Oh, yeah, it does. So when you were down there, tell me, I got some questions. So uh, what did you think of the? Besides Julio, uh, what what did you think of the club? Uh, what, what do you like that you saw down there?
0: Well, what I like that I saw down there was... All the competition for the positions. There was a lot of competition. There was nothing, you know. There was nothing that's that was felt thin, or I mean, except for maybe some outfield defense, which we'll get into in a minute. But everything seemed like this was a hard team to make. This wasn't just our typical Mariners team that we've seen over the last decade or so, where you know we're just kind of putting things together with bubble gum and chicken wire. This was a very deep
1: team down there. Yeah, you're right. Um uh Billy Hamilton didn't make it, Steven a Junior didn't make it. Uh but I we, our uh, our strength of our team is definitely outfield guys, you know, so um it it changed, you know, with uh how they constructed the roster. But we'll get back to that. What uh when you asked me you were down there, did you uh Did you get a chance to see any of the backfields or did you run into have any conversation with any uh, players or former players while you were down there?
0: I never got to any games early enough to go watch the workouts and things like that. But I did run into and talk to, you know, some of the Mariners alumni. Um, If you've never been to spring training, I, you know, I highly suggest going down there. It's like this is A fun time of the year, especially for the established players that are going to make the team. They're not very stressed. It's very light. People are uh, very friendly. If you got kids that like to get autographs, I have a uh, 43-year-old cousin who likes to do that, and he had a hell of a time down there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, notable people that I interacted and talked with were uh, Rick Riz and Dave Sims, the, uh, the broadcast team for the Mariners, and that was really cool to interact with Dave Sims and Rick Riz and I'm not an autograph guy I'm not don't ask people for autographs and pictures I had to get an autograph from Dave Sims and, and Rick Riz they're both both just guys that I've spent so much time listening to driving um, doing whatever I mean they're just such a big their voices are such a big part of my life and have been especially Rick Riz who worked with Nee House obviously. Um, both really cool guys, and uh, the reason I said what's up and talked to them briefly was uh, one of the games I sat right below the, uh, the broadcast booth, which would be like basically the 100 level in uh, T-Mobile. So it was Yeah, really-
1: I know, man. You, uh, you remember how I called you? Or of course you do. Uh, you remember me calling you and saying that I could hear you whoop, whooping it up and the microphone picked it up so I could <laughs> tell that you were close.
0: I do, I know. And then I started hamming it up and just really yelling something for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was, uh, it was, was pretty fun. Um, and Rick Riz was just really cool. Dave Sims was really cool. I also uh, said what's up to Mike Cameron, who was down there. I saw Ichiro, did not talk to him. But one of the coolest moments, though, was obviously meeting this man, who was my very first Mariner crush. Mr. A.D., Mr. Mariner himself, Alvin Davis. And the reason why I, I loved Alvin Davis so much, or it means so much, you know, like 1989 or 1990 when I first started Little League, uh, my parents who knew I really loved Alvin Davis, took me down to, I don't know if it was Nelson Chevrolet there in Seattle, it was one of those Chevy companies. It was actually in Ballard. And I hit on the tee while my parents bought a station wagon that I'm pretty sure they returned. Uh, <laughs> a couple weeks later, um, I I hit on the tee with Alvin Davis and Gene Kleins, who turned out to be Barry Bonds' um, batting instructor as well. And uh, I hit with them nervously before my little game.
1: And I was went it to my... the field or well, in the showroom of the car dealer. This was outside
0: on uh, out out where the cars were in an area with like a net and a and a tee, which also is kind of okay. now that I think about it, a very weird place to put them uh a place to hit balls at right but there isn't yeah there.
1: So, no uh, that's what interested me is that you know i can just picture a big car lot with a bunch of cars everywhere with stickers on them telling you the price and then a hardball baseball it just seems like it doesn't mix well it, together
0: it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't i was like eight and around that age i was playing for this team called roundtable pizza in the Ballard Little League and I went to my game after hitting with Alvin Davis and getting his autograph and all this and I went a solid I don't know 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 with a hat trick I'm pretty sure. Um but uh nonetheless it was a it was a cool moment and uh I've got an autograph again from him another time outside the stadium on my first baseman glove and I was sad when he left in 1992 and went to the Angels. So I'm sitting there next to the dugout. Somebody goes, Alvin Davis. And I look over, and it's Alvin Davis. And the game has just ended, and I had gotten a ball uh, an inning before. Uh, he was signing autographs. I'll put a picture on the Instagram. I got my ball signed by him, and I told him about the experience from 1989 till now. And uh, he seemed pretty amused by that. So that was pretty That's cool. All- it's a pretty cool full moment that you could – You know, maybe talk to, you know, your therapist about or something. That's what I was thinking. But it was a very full circle moment. It almost felt like if you've ever ran into like your pediatrician, um, you know, that you're a full grown man, you know, and it's just like. (laughs) It was like seeing somebody like going, I don't know if he remembered me, but he seemed like he remembered when he had to go uh, do these things at you know, these appearances and stuff like that. So that was pretty damn cool.
1: <laughs> that's cool, man. Sounds like you had a really good time down there. I mean, Tammy, yeah. he's, he's awesome. But to be able to have a conversation with Mr. Manor AD, man, that's really cool. It was very and you brief. Know what?
0: It was very brief. But yeah, it was cool.
1: Yeah, you know what I think Alvin Davis's name is going to be brought up quite a bit this year. You know how he held, holds most of the uh Mariner rookie records and with Julio coming in, I think a lot of those can be broken this year and Mr. Mariner Alvin Davis will probably have his name said quite a bit on the telecast. Yep,
0: it'll be one of those things where they got him at the stadium with the zoom in on his on his face while all these records go down and there you know, he's trying to hold back a you motherfucker. No, he's a a very religious guy. In fact, on his uh, autograph, it says uh, he puts John 3.16 underneath it.
1: Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the
0: ballgame. I want to see the ends. The Mariners are playing hardball.
1: Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom.
0: Let's move right into the roster breakdown. We talked about this. Right now, the Mariners have listed thirty-two players on their active roster, but there will only be twenty-eight. So if you are looking at the Mariners' uh, website, uh, or you can't because you're driving, or you just don't want to, and you're like, fuck it, I'm listening to a podcast, you tell me the news, here it is. This is your Seattle Mariners opening day roster. We got Matt Brash, we got Diego Castillo, Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert, Ken Giles, who is on the injured list, Marco Gonzalez, Anthony Masevich, Andros Munoz, Johan Ramirez, Robbie Ray, Sergio Romo, Paul Seawald, Justice Sheffield, Drew Steckenreiter, Eric Swanson. That's your pitchers. Catchers, Tom Murphy, Cal Raleigh, Luis Terenz, infielders, J.P. Crawford, Ty France, Adam Frazier, Dylan Moore, Eugenio Suarez, Abraham Toro, and our outfielders are Mitch Hanniger, Jared Kelnick. Julio Rodriguez and Jesse Winker. Obviously, uh, out of the 28, uh, Kyle Lewis was not mentioned. He's supposed to be coming up in, what, uh, the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, Evan White, who's out with yet another injury. Um, And we have uh, Sadler, who's still on the active, who uh, we lost for the whole year, unfortunately. And then I don't know if they have a return uh time for ken giles
1: yeah he's got right now just a tendon problem in his finger so hopefully uh that doesn't hamper him too too much you know hand injuries can be tricky but uh you know we signed him last year before the year started he was out with tommy john so he's he's been out a while and i'm really counting on him to uh hopefully lock down that closer spot, but it'll be more like last year where it's going to be a closer by committee. I would assume.
0: Let's not avoid the elephant in the room. Hanno, tell me right now, are you surprised or not surprised that Julio's on the starting roster? I don't think any of us were surprised that he's going to be up this year. And on the team, maybe we thought later this month, are you surprised that, uh, you know, the organization allowed him to start on opening day?
1: I don't know. It's kind of a little of both, you know. Uh I'm not surprised that he made it because he had a heck of a spring. He worked real hard in the offseason. And, and shoot, he hit 420, something I believe during spring, and looked great. He looked like he belonged out there. And he possibly, arguably, might be the best player on our team right now. But I am surprised with the Mariners, you know, not playing the whole um roster manipulation start time on your start your clock you know so but I'm glad he deserves it he should be up and I think he's gonna take off yeah he'll have some struggles just like any big leader but he's exciting the Mariners are gonna definitely benefit from him starting um, in the outfield this year yeah
0: I definitely feel like it was a progressive move for the Mariners front office coming out of you know the uh, lockout you know which this was a hot topic of roster manipulation was something that was a very hot topic. So, you know, kudos to Jerry DePoto and the Seattle Mariners for, you know, uh, not being part of the problem and part of, you know, the solution where fans and players are looking for. Uh, but who are you most surprised to see outside of Julio Rodriguez that made this
1: roster? Uh, probably I'm, I get it, but I'm also surprised that the Mariners went with um, three catchers, you know. Um,
0: I'd like to call it two and a half catchers, but yeah, let's say three.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. um, That's probably, I mean, because two of them will be on the bench with the way the roster was uh, constructed coming out of spring training. We'll have four bench players uh, with both catchers, either Toro and Big Dumper or yeah, Big
0: Big Dumper is what you call uh uh Big Dumper is what you call Cal Raleigh, right?
1: Yeah, excuse me. I go by the nicknames, I forgot. Yeah, Cal Raleigh and Torrance with uh, Murphy who's starting. So Raleigh and um Torrance on the coming off the bench and then our other two position players are Abraham Toro and Dylan Moore. So Yeah,
0: go I agree but, with the three catchers. It was Kind of a surprise. But then I felt like it was more of a surprise that you saw Cal Raleigh on the team. I know he's young. I know he's a switch hitter. Um, I also kind of feel the same way about Tom Murphy. Both of these guys didn't really seem like they went out there and won a job this spring. I understand that Terrence is not a very good uh, defensive catcher. Um, they've been working with him out there. Uh, but, man, that guy can hit the ball. And he hits the ball hard.
1: Yeah, and he finished off real strong last year. We, for the Mariners to really succeed and go with this type of uh, roster configuration, he's gonna he's gonna be probably our main right hand back coming off the bench in pinch hitting situations.
0: Right, and as far as Tom Murphy, I think he needs to get off to a big start, or he you're not might not see him at the end of this twenty uh, eight man roster um, threshold. Had, he's kind of had his chance to, you know, take over the Mariners' job in the last two or three seasons. You know, I wish him the best. I hope it happens. I just don't know if I'm going to see it. Um, but I did get a bat from him at, uh, well, not really from him, from the bat boy who was, <laughs> or the stadium attendant who was cleaning up after the game. And this isn't a broken bat. This is a completely fine <laughs> bat. Which he struck out a couple of times, and I think went like 0 for 4 with. But the good news is, a couple nights later, when he had this new bat, home run. So, uh, I, me and my cousin kind of want to take credit for you know getting him on the team this year. If you, you know,
1: if you know. That's awesome. You, you took his bat away from him that had no hits left in him, and made him make a change. Good, good call, mine.
0: Yeah, I even uh, my cousin actually is the one who just like said something to the uh, attendant it was like, "Hey, can I have a bat?" And he grabbed a bat, and he looked at it, and I don't know why he thought it was broken, and he just handed it to him. But uh, I was trying to get my cousin when we were down there to uh, bring the bat down to get it signed by Tom Murphy because I just wanted to see what kind of reaction he would have when he sees this unbroken bat that he's probably been looking for. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've never heard a bat boy just go up and do that. That's crazy.
0: All right, well, let's let's juxtapose here. Let's. Uh, who are you most surprised not to see on the Mariners' 28-man opening day roster?
1: I don't know. It'd probably be one of the outfielders I mentioned earlier, either uh, Souza or Billy Hamilton. What, what's your opinion on it?
0: I would say Billy Hamilton after, you know, watching the rest of the Mariners play outfield and then watching him play outfield. Now, he can't hit like most of these outfields. I mean, we got some of the best hitters, Hanager, Kelnick, uh you know winker you know kyle lewis when he comes back all these guys but like there isn't anybody that really can just command the outfield position i was there i was there when he climbed the wall and made that catch i was also there in the same game where winker lost the ball in the lights and hamilton ran from like right center all the way damn near to the grass in left field. And I just feel like in late inning games and things like that, because I feel he would be really, really useful for the team. I don't see him staying down on the A team too long. Now, when Lewis comes back, I don't know. That's going to be tricky. Um, you can't always assume all these guys are going to be healthy, right? I mean...
1: Obviously, the Mariners went with the extra pitchers because of, you know, the shortened spring and everything. And, I mean, when it goes down to 26 players... It's going to be, I think it's also hard to justify Billy Hamilton as well just as play devil's advocate because he might only see the field a few times a week. He'll probably never start because he's not a very good hitter. But like you said, for a defensive replacement and a base running replacement at the end of games, I mean, he's the type of guy with those two skills that could at least win you a game, you know? so Absolutely. It, it, it just comes down to roster numbers, I believe.
0: Alright, so what, what pitchers got you, got your juices flowing there, Hannah? Who who, do, who, who are you waiting to see around right uh,
1: Probably for me is uh, Matt Brash, just because I've followed him through uh, minor league, his minor league career with some videos online, you know, in the uh, social media thing and his stuff looks nasty. I haven't seen much of him. The few games that I did see him pitch, he looked outstanding, where... He's got a wicked off, uh, off-speed curveball and slider. So I'm just really excited to see him, um, mostly because I haven't seen that much of him, and then the league hasn't seen him that much either. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses, if he's going to be the type of player that can get through the lineup twice. I don't know if they'll try to send him through three times through the lineup, so guys get used to him or what, but... He excites me. He's got electric stuff that I haven't seen from a starting pitcher. And he's young. And I, I love his windup. I love how his right leg follows through. And he's just hes not cocky, but he's just out there. And he shows, like, power. And, and that really excites me.
0: I'm going to go with a more obvious answer. And that is the 2021 AL Cy Young Award winner that we just signed in the offseason. Right before the lockout, Robbie Ray. I mean... This guy is a major game changer for the Mariners. Uh, you know, he's a definite ace where I don't feel like we had an ace. Um, I'm not knocking Marco Gonzalez because he's got nasty stuff, but he's a two. And Robbie Ray is a definite one. He's was the best pitcher in the American League last year. Also, I, I should mention, when I was watching him pitch last week down in uh, Peoria, I was sitting, you know, behind the plate, back up by... Um, Rick Riz and below happened to be the players wives and family section. Uh, and this kid turned around and he was talking to the person in front of me and he says, That's my dad. My dad's the pitcher on the team and the person was like, Oh, okay. And then he turned back around and he says, Also, he was the Cy Young Award winner last year.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, his he had son, to be like six his years son old. Pumped up.
0: <laughs> Who are you most excited to see at the
1: plate this year? For me, I I like. I'm excited to see what how Jared Kellner this year improves. How he plays a full season. How he plays with maybe not having the pressure on him that he has possibly self self induced last year. But with with Julio Rodriguez on the on the team, you know, uh, it, it sounds like he. Well, it looks like he. Um, worked out quite a bit this year got stronger and it was a learning lesson for him last year going through his struggles and I'm just excited to see really truly what kind of numbers he puts up um with him hitting down in the order probably six seven or eight um I think the Mariners lineups so much longer they got great players in the power positions or middle of the order I should say and uh it's just gonna be exciting for me to see how he takes off and what he can do. That's that's who excites me a I mean, all just how we uh lengthened our lineup and and just I don't know, never mind. Just stop it there. Go ahead, Myron.
0: You're in love, we get it. So uh yeah. the person that I'm 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 you know, kind of fancying that I don't think everybody really realizes is such a big Uh, addition to this team is adam frazier he doesn't have the power numbers but this guy can hit he's hits 300 he would have been the best hitter on the mariners last year i still think maybe he might be the best hitter on the mariners coming into this season i'd love to see him hitting up at the top of the lineup i saw a couple lineups where i was down there no disrespect to jp crawford that's our captain that's the heart of the team but i feel like with him at the top of the lineup at one or two is really going to get this offense going. There was multiple games I was down there that he had multiple hits, and he drives the ball hard. And he also plays defense.
1: Yeah, and he's a contact guy. He hardly strikes out. He's going to put the ball in play. I couldn't agree more. Um, he he is a definite plus to this lineup. And like I said earlier, he lengthens it out. You know, we don't have guys that are so much swing and miss anymore, and that'll help quite a bit.
0: What do, you most, what do you think is going to be the – what's your positive outlook on the season, on this team, from this roster starting right now?
1: Um, I like the lineup. I think they're going to score runs. I agree. Um, I like, uh, like having Mar- Marco and Robbie Ray, you know, leading up in our staff. I think they'll eat a lot of uh, innings, and that should help. Our starting pitching should be pretty good. Uh, what do you think about those?
0: Yeah, I think my biggest positive outlook is, yes, seeing much more run production from this team. Uh, just in spring training, you were seeing a lot of big uh, innings with you know, crooked numbers on the scoreboard. They're driving the ball. They're uh, running the bases pretty dang good. I'm really looking forward to this lineup, uh, you know, that, you know, somebody even like Julio's coming in that's, you know, Bound to be a superstar. Where we're not leaning on this guy. Like last year when we brought up Kelnick, they were kind of leaning on Kelnick to be this star. Um, there's been a lot of proven uh, hitters, all stars, brought in an the off to this lineup to add to what we have. So yeah, you're exactly right. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then what are you? What you're concerned about? Like, like what would you, I want to? I don't want to say negative. We're not going to try to be negative on here, but. So let's use the word, what is concerning, concerning to you, Hannah?
1: Uh, First will be, like I said, the uh, possible regression of our bullpen. Um, I, it's just so hard to have a bullpen perform like they did last year, in my opinion. Hopefully they are able to uh, repeat that. Another thing is, is, I'm hoping if Flores has a bounce back here and can hit, you know, two forty and hit with those power numbers, that would be awesome. But I I just hope it's realistic. Who knows? And then when this defense, that's a question too. So it'll be interesting how they juggle the lineup with Toro and him and all that. So that's kind of what I'm a little concerned about, as well as, you know, the defense in the outfield. But like you said earlier, with the lineup being like it is, hopefully we'll score more runs and it won't be such issue what 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 about you what are you thinking I'm
0: concerned about the catching uh (laughs) defense behind the plate
1: yeah you're right all Mariner fans are I believe
0: I don't know how many you know like dropped uh you know BBs from the outfield or from the cutoff guys we had at the plate last year but there was a lot um we're not throwing people out stealing um I'm concerned there I'm obviously concerned with the outfield but listen if we can pound the ball I think that's less of a concern Uh, As far as the rotation, I am obviously I'm concerned about Chris Flexen. He did not have a good spring. Um, He was a guy who showed up last year and was a surprise. Uh, So definitely something to, you know, look at. Um, You know, I hope not because I really like the way he goes out there and performs. Also, I'm a little bit concerned if Logan's going to regress or degress from last year. Those are my two question marks I have right now is the middle of the rotation. I'm a huge Logan Gilbert fan, but also we've seen uh, players in their second season come out and especially pitchers and have a tough time.
1: Oh yeah. I, I agree with the Logan, what you said about Logan. Uh, Hopefully he just takes another step forward and makes that next move up. And he's that and becomes that guy that uh, the Mariners brass and the Mariners fans want him to be. Now, here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox, hitting baseballs, out of sight. Mm -hmm. Every kid who's 14 and under, we want to come, come to Jacket. Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket.
0: Get a free jacket. jacket. Get a free jacket. Leonard Shernoff Randall was born on February 12, 1949 in Long Beach, California, and was a first-round pick of the Washington Senators' secondary phase of the June 1970 Major League Baseball Draft. Randall quickly made the Major League roster of the Washington Senators and played in their last game as the Senators before the franchise was moved to Arlington, Texas, to become the Texas Rangers, where Randall became a staple of the team for the next five years. Besides putting up impressive numbers, Lenny Randall played in the infamous 10-cent beer night in Cleveland when the Cleveland Indians at the time hosted the Texas Rangers, which turned into a full-scale brawl and a riot on the field with players, fans, and police officers, which is also known as one of the most infamous games of this era. During spring training in 1977, first round draft choice, Bump Willis, earned the starting second base job over Randall. On March 28th, the Rangers were in Orlando for an exhibition game with the Minnesota Twins. During the batting practice an hour before the first pitch, Randall approached the Rangers manager, Frank Lucchese, words were exchanged, and Randall punched Lucchese in the face three times before the altercation was stopped by bystanders. Lucchese was hospitalized for a week and needed plastic surgery to repair his fractured cheekbone, which Randall had broken in three places. He also received bruises to his kidneys and his back. The Rangers suspended Randall for 30 days without pay and fined him $10,000. On April 26, before the suspension was complete, Texas traded him to the New York Mets. For cash and a player to be named later, Texas later received Rick Auerbach. Randall was charged with assault and pleaded no contest to battery charges in a Florida court, receiving a $1,050 fine. And Texas Rangers manager Frank Lucchese was fired on June 21st. Lucchese blamed Randall for the firing and sued him in court for $200,000. With his fresh start with the Mets, Randall batted 304, stole 33 bases, and scored 78 runs for the last-place Mets in 1977. Randall was also at bat for the Mets that year when the power went out at Shea Stadium during the Great New York City blackout of 1977. In 1978 his in 1970 in 1978 Randall's stats fell off considerably when he batted 233 with 14 stolen bases and only 53 runs. The Mets released Randall during spring training of 1979. Shortly after, he was signed with the San Francisco Giants and was assigned to a AAA Pacific Coast League affiliate in Phoenix. On June 28, he was traded with Bill Maddock and Dave Roberts to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Fred Birning, Al Holland, and Ed Woodson, but again was assigned to a AAA affiliate. After 24 games with the Portland Beavers, he saw his first major league experience since the Mets when his contract was purchased by the New York Yankees. Randall was added to the roster on the infamous day after Thurman Munson, the Yankee captain, died in a plane crash. In 1980, Randall signed with the Seattle Mariners during spring training. By the end of spring training, he was dealt to Chicago Cubs where he batted 276 and tied his career high with five home runs as the Cubs' regular season third baseman. As a Chicago Cub, Randall took advantage of Chicago not having day games at Wrigley Field and went moonlight as a stand-up comedian around the Chicago comedy scene. For the following 1981 season, he returned to the Seattle Mariners as a free agent. In two seasons with the Mariners, he batted 223 with four home runs, backing up second base and third base. Besides being one of the more popular players with the Seattle Mariners and starring in their commercials, he formed an R&B funk group called Lenny Randall and the Ball Players, where they made this hit, The Kingdom. But what Lenny Randall is probably best known for in his Mariner career came on the night of May 27th in 1981
1: into the plate. It'll trickle down the third baseline. The Mariners are going to let it roll, 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 roll. Lenny Randall gets down on his hands and knees and blows on it like a curler. And it goes foul. Randall puts on quite a show. And here comes Jim cryout And he's going to protest with home plate umpire Larry McCoy that Randall cannot get down and influence the direction of the baseball.
0: Randall, who was charging the ball on the play, got on his hands and knees and blew the ball foul. The umpires disallowed this action ruled it fair. A no-blow rule implemented. He jokingly said, they won the game, but we won the protest. In 1983, he became the first major league American player to play baseball in Italy. He won the batting title in Italy with a 4.77 batting average. Lenny Randall is fluent in five languages, is a 24th degree martial art black belt, Frank Nolan Ryan with fake snakes and didn't get punched. Rolling Stone called him the most interesting man in baseball. He's been managed and coached by Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Joe Torrey, and Billy Martin. And comedian Jim Brewer calls him the Forrest Gump of baseball. But Mariners fans will always probably remember Lenny Randall as the guy who got down on his knees and blew that ball foul. And here's, here's the craziest thing that... You and I were talking about when we pulled up Lenny Randall Was like Why are we just finding This out about him like all I know About him was he was the guy who Blew the ball uh, on the Third baseline and I didn't even know who The guy's name was really I, I, if you Asked me just straight up who It was I wouldn't have known would you
1: I have exact same opinion as you man That's all I remember seeing his blooper That has been on since I saw it on Dome kingdom vision when i was a kid <laughs> yeah during the bloopers and now even at t-mobile park it's still being showed on the blooper reel i didn't know his name either
0: yeah and look at how many crazy things he's been at the beer night the 10 cent beer night brawl you know he knocked out his manager who you know sounds like a prick probably deserved it sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know His name kind of sounds a little racist. I mean, doing the nightclub stuff. I mean, he sang the song, "Kingdom King, you know, the song. He sang that song, The Kingdom. He just seemed like such a a big personality that played on the Mariners. And yet, I don't know if they've ever brought him back or he's part of the history. I mean, he's he's the ambassador to baseball in Italy. I don't understand why we haven't had like a giveaway or a bobblehead giveaway where he's blowing the thing down third base maybe we can get something going because i think that would be a cool bobblehead or statue to have right
1: yeah of course it's like he has so much charisma and so much to bring to that era of mariner baseball and then with all his other accomplishments around baseball it's just crazy to me i i couldn't agree more with you that he should be talked about more in the history of murder baseball
0: yeah i mean he also if you want to go look up more of his music it is called lenny randall and the ballplayers i think there's some more songs I, I looked over on amazon music where you can also get our podcast Rye bread and mustard mariners podcast um i mean rolling stone's done a story on. The, if you really 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 want to uh you know see what we're talking about you can find this on youtube just put mlb lenny randall story and it's a it's a, it's a great piece it's about 45 minutes long it's uh narrated and hosted by uh bob costas it is uh you know it's a it's a jewel it's a it's a diamond in the rough that i found that's out there that's definitely worth a watch it's it's pretty amazing i mean uh as i was watching it or reading about this guy too I was like having those Forrest Gump vibes and then they call him that and it was like that's exactly what this guy is I mean this guy was everywhere for 12 seasons in the major leagues
1: I know it's a heck of a story I appreciate you passing that on to me that was awesome
0: You gotta know our history and like I've said like I can only remember back to like maybe 1987 88 as a young kid as far back as I can go, or know a little bit about the history of the team. Um, obviously, there's a lot of fun, interesting stuff uh, when they—that's going on when they started the organization. And you know, I'd like to, yeah, let's look into more of these. How about that? We do more of that on here. What do you
1: yeah, want? a little history note, a little segment on it. I'd love that.
0: We'll see what our our listeners say. Okay, I want to. I want a calculated prediction out of you, Hanson. How many games do the Mariners win? Do they win more, or do they win less than 90? uh, Which they had last year.
1: Well, this is a hard one for me, man. I mean, I think that they could, from whatever my prediction is, I think they could go five games below, five games above, or ten, either which way. it, It all depends on a lot of things. You know, last year, like you said, they won 90 games. They started off at the end of May, and they were only like around 22 wins and 27 to 30 losses but they finished off the season 68 and 45 and just took off which gave them that 45 or gave them that 90 win season so I'm gonna go with I think the Mariners are gonna win 85 games this year
0: nice I'm gonna what about you well last year I said 89 and uh, yeah. everybody laughed at me and they won
1: everybody laughed at you they everybody, everybody. And Sorry interrupt.
0: yeah and they won one more game than I said they would And here's what I'm saying this year. They're going to win 91 games, which I'm hoping they'll actually win 92. But I'm going to say 91 wins. And I believe that we will either finish in second place or we will win this division. That's why I've decided to do a podcast on the Mariners. That's why I've decided, even though I live in Los Angeles, to purchase season tickets. That is why I am going to be up there on the first week that we're in town and I'm going to take my lovely girlfriend, who also got her uh, vaccine there, to Puffy Coat Night. That's why I'm coming up there. I hope to be up there a lot this year. I hope to see him down here on the road. I like taking road trips to see him. This team excites me. This team is going somewhere. And it's just going to build off of last year and keep going. I know that the competition can get stiffer. I know your schedule kind of uh, who you play and when you play can you know affect that. But this team is going to go out and pound the ball and win some games. And you're going to see them in the postseason.
1: Hey, I love that prediction, man. This is what I'm hoping for. I can't look that far into the future, but I'm hoping that they are really good in the up until july in the trade deadline and they make the moves and get us some blares that, that that gives us that push i hope you're right man
0: well i also want to mention uh i hope i'm right too and i just got a correction it is puffy vest jacket night not puffy coat night uh puffy vest night at the uh down at t-mobile um also if you're listening to this and you you have questions and uh comments and things like that you can uh email us at rye bread and mustard pod at gmail or you can check us out on instagram and we will have our twitter page up here by next week hanson the man of technology is running uh that (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you can't get a a damn mic and a computer, but you know how to run Twitter. You're a fucking anomaly, Hanson.
1: I will take that as a compliment. Happy opening day to you, Myron.
0: Happy opening day. Thanks again for checking us out here on the episode one of the rye bread, the official one. Now this is the official one. All these count. Number one episode of the rye bread and mustard Mariners. Podcast. Layball. Logan Gilbert. Paul Seawad. <laughs> Paul Seawad. Check Paul. Mike. Check. <laughs>